So I had a few ideas for what this episode could be. But I think you'll agree that mainly it should just be completely about destiny. God damn it. (laughs) I can give mental Um, help. Welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance, the series. I'm one of your hosts, Neil. And I'm the other host, Chris. Chris, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to dive into the deep history of Blizzard Entertainment. And it's... So it's active, Activision Blizzard. It's Activision Blizzard now. Oh. It's been Activision Blizzard since, uh, since 2010, I think. Okay. Um, what we're gonna get into today? <laughs> I was about so I was gonna say subsidiary uh, Activision, but I don't even think that's the right word for it, is it? No, I think the parent company is Activision Blizzard, and they have a bunch of different subsidiaries. Uh, okay. Well, so today we're gonna talk about Blizzard Entertainment, or I guess now known as Blizzard Activision. Um, Activision Blizzard owns a bunch of smaller, a, a bunch of like sub companies like Treyarch and Infinity Ward, um, which are are also well known. But I think the biggest Space. names are Activision and Blizzard, mm-hmm. especially in the uh, Call of Duty community. If I if I'm correct. And in the lawsuit industry. Oh, yes. Oh, what what do you mean? How do you mean? (laughs) All right. So the history of this company is Activision formed in 1979. They, They had a few people that split off from Atari because they were mad that Atari didn't give game designers credit. And then... Blizzard was founded in 1991 by three UCLA graduates who just wanted to make video games. And so they were their, their own separate entities until 2008. Sorry, I said 2010 earlier. It was actually 2008. Um, that's when Activision and Vivendi merged. And Vivendi was the parent company of Blizzard. By that time, Blizzard had already published uh, their Warcraft series, a few entries in that. They had Warcraft Orcs and Humans, which was the first one. Warcraft Mm -hmm. 2, Tides of Darkness. Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos. And then in 2004, World of Warcraft. They had also launched Diablo, the Diablo franchise in 96. The Starcraft franchise in 98. And I think that's all. And then Activision had launched Call of Duty in 2003 guitar hero in 2005 and i think those were all their big ones before they merged see there's some big names in there definitely warcraft for sure call of duty probably two of the most uh most played video games of all 
time at this point. I mean, I, I can't back that up with statistics, but just from um, you know, growing up, it seems like those were very popular. Did you? Uh, Can you tell me about? Go on. <laughs> did I what? No, no, I was going to ask. No, no, what? I was like, did you grow up playing any of these games? No. Um, well, yes. But actually, it was just Guitar Hero, I think. Guitar Hero, and then I got a Call of Duty here or there, but I never really got into it. Um, but I remember in high school playing Guitar Hero with some friends and thinking that it was, like, the coolest thing. And you know what's funny is South Park skewered both Guitar Hero and World of Warcraft pretty effectively. <laughs> Things off limits for South Park, but no, you're definitely right. Um, the Make Love Not Not Warcraft episode is still one of like uh, it was one of my most favorite South Park episodes ever. <laughs> so, Chris, for the audience who might not be familiar with the Warcraft series, and also I'm not familiar with the Warcraft series, can you tell me what <laughs> the Warcraft series is? So uh, there's kind of two different parts of Warcraft. Um, never played the first one, but played Warcraft 2, and then Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos, and Frozen Throne. Um, and those were kind of, um, the genre kind of thought, falls under the real-time strategy games, uh, very similar to Civilization. What, what does that entail? Um, so that means is, you know, it's similar to like, you, you are able to create like different uh, bases, um, so for example, uh, Warcraft is founded in like fantasy. It's very like Lord of the Rings-esque, you know, there's four different races. You could be humans, orcs, night elves, and the undead. Um, and essentially you choose your race and then, you know, each race has specific, you know, units, uh, that you can produce and buildings you can build to produce these units. So mainly, you know, warriors, archers, um, think... Uh, the coolest ones, uh, the undead, have these things called frostworms, which you can pretty much consider like Nazgul's of the Warcraft 3 franchise. Um, but yeah, sorry, just to get back to it. So real-time strategy, essentially, is you have like a main base, build all these multiple bases, and you're trying to build an army, and the ultimate game is to destroy the other uh, team's base. So they have multiple menus like 1v1, 2v2, 3v3, 4v4. Um it is so it's it a multiplayer, be a multiplayer game. or single player game. Um, the one is the one of the cool things about Warcraft, uh, especially back then, was I believe Dota was essentially started there or the beginning of Dota. Um, uh, in addition to the kind of the main mode where you're building bases and like attacking your other opponents, there's things called like custom games that were really popular at the time, and it kind of gave. Uh, the PC community, like the first opportunity to kind of build their own maps using a lot of Warcraft characters and you know different types of like uh, environments. So like you know one obviously was they re re replicated a Lord of the Rings Battle of Minas Tirith uh, game. Then they had like a Dragon Ball Z game. And for those who ever played Warcraft three, they had things like Footman Frenzy. Um, Wait, this was in Dota, or was this in so, Warcraft? So this is in Warcraft, and Warcraft like had like its competitive side, which was like the the main mode I was talking about before, where you build like bases with yourself or teams and attack each other. And then there was mm -hmm. the custom games option, 
that had nothing to do with that, but like oh, they, okay. people would, you know, it was like fan inspired games that actually uh, caught on and developed a lot of popularity. And Dota essentially came from like this little custom game community, so it was very popular at the time. Oh, so Dota was like a, a fan game within Warcraft. If if I'm I believe so. I feel like I might be making that up, but at the same time, no. I'm, I'm so I'm looking at it right now. Um, it said it was started in 2003. There's a fancy. There was a fan developed multiplayer game, uh, Battle Arena mod that started with Warcraft 3. So that's essentially all these like League of Legends, MOBA type game okay. modes uh, were inspired by this this uh, custom game community on Warcraft 3. Um, essentially, that was what Warcraft 3 was. And then immediately after, or not immediately, they created uh, the one of the most popular series of video games of all time, uh, World of Warcraft, which was an MMORPG. It's also the fantastic game that costed my English teacher's brother his college education. <laughs> what? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Such a... Wait, so, what happened? <laughs> so in high school... Uh, I was talking to my English teacher, and he was like, "Hey, like, uh, like, what video games you play?" I was like, "Oh, I play Warcraft." He goes, "I hate Warcraft." My brother had to drop out of college because he played World of Warcraft so much. Oh my like, god! So, they, I mean, we could even get into the addictive potential World of Warcraft. I mean, I, I think it was always so cool because Warcraft Three was like a game that introduced me when gaming cafes were like popular. You know, I don't think like dial-up, like dial-up internet was still a thing. Um, you know, the idea of trying to figure out your own local area network connection and trying to play against multiple people was always so difficult, or at least for me it was, because I couldn't figure out the whole firewall situation. So, like, PC cafes were a good thing. That's where I learned about, like, Counter-Strike, Battlefield, but Warcraft 3 was definitely a popular game over there at the time. Um, wow. I, I didn't but, uh, know that uh, game cafes were a thing. Outside oh, of Japan. Maybe maybe I was just a loser. <laughs> no, but to be honest, um, I remember like growing up, like my dad and I found one kind of like close by our house. So we used to go like every time like Saturday and like you'd pay. It's kind of it's it's crazy to think back now because it's so it was kind of like it's so commonplace now, but you would pay like for a certain time limit, like one to two hours, pay like maybe ten bucks an hour, five bucks an hour, and then you would be in this gaming cafe. And all the computers, like 20 or 30 of them, were linked up so you could play against people like inside the gaming cafe. Or they also had like, you know, these really strong connections to the internet, which, you know, at the time, for someone who had like uh, dial up internet, anytime someone called the landline, I would lose uh, internet connection. So it was always kind of a nice relief to have more of a reliable uh, situation to play video games. You know what's interesting? We, so, we've officially hit the age that kids won't understand what our childhood was like. It right, it's it's different. Yeah. Like, what what is a landline phone to them? Right, everyone has cell phones nowadays. Uh, Blizzard released a remaster of Warcraft Three called Warcraft Three Reforged in 2019. Did you know that? <laughs> I did. I was very excited about it when <laughs> it first came out. I believe, um, you know, one of the things is I think they try to push it too far. I don't even believe Blizzard. I don't know if Blizzard had. Um, the design rights store, they paid, I believe, a Chinese company to do it, but there was kind of a unique, like, Asian flair, I think, to a lot of the characters when they were released, 
I think that caught some like um, oh. backlash with the community. And then on top of that, I was just reading about the way the matchmaking was working. And it just wasn't a popular enough release uh, to gain back that, that community you know, that it had about several years ago, obviously. But um, like, just, did they all move to World of Warcraft? Or I think I think just in general, like real time strategy games. I, I don't know about you, how you feel about this, but I feel like they're not as popular anymore. Like I remember, like Command and Conquer used to be at Starcraft, Warcraft. Uh, I mean, Civilization is still like a very um, you know popular game, but just in general, it seems like gaming as a whole has moved towards more like yeah I don't, I don't know i've never i've never actually played a real-time strategy game i think i i played one round of civilization one time and i, huh. I didn't really get it and uh and so i just never played that again it's an entire corner of, of of video games that i just have never touched but i know i know people who are really really into them one of my roommates during med school um was obsessed with starcraft but um, I, I, I never watched. I watched him play one or two rounds, and I thought it looked super boring. I see. It's the most connection know. I've ever had to a real-time strategy game is uh, seeing Bass Hunter in concert when he played the song Dota like Dota. six times over. And then he, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that concert. That was a good concert. He brought that. Uh, that was a good that concert. Guy up on stage. All right, so you got super into World of Warcraft, correct? Uh, in, incorrect. So I've never actually jumped on to World of Warcraft. I have played it before, but I never played it as devotedly as I played like Warcraft Three. Um, mainly the the biggest reason at the time was I don't know if any other video games had done it at the time, but I remember buying World of Warcraft and then finding out you had to pay, I believe, a ten to fifteen dollar a month or maybe a year subscription. I think it was a month, and to me, like paying for online access and just paying to like play the game itself seemed kind of absurd. So I actually took it back, um, and it wasn't until a couple of years later where I was kind of visiting one of my uh, childhood friends that he he was like really into World of Warcraft. So I spent like a week there, uh, just playing World of Warcraft and kind of like delving into like the world. The world of work. Um, but I'll um, say, is it a know, good game? Just off the bat, um, I can see how people do get addicted to it. Um, they do build like massive, amazing worlds, and I mean the ability to play with another teammate. You know, at that time, was like seamless. So you and like a couple of like your friends can get online and they go do like missions together explore worlds and then you're essentially trying to build up uh, your character uh, with stronger armor or weapons and gain levels for like better spells and ultimately like they put these bosses uh, in every game uh, raids and they would be these like titular characters from not characters, but like these really main characters from the old uh, real-time strategy game so you know there was a famous boss called Illidan who was like a demon hunter um, and he was a night elf boss. And then there's Scotty Parthus, who was a human that became like the undead king. So these were like the big bosses that they essentially had transplanted uh, into World of Warcraft. And it was just really cool, like walking around the, the, the area and seeing them like, like 
their glory. So, like, they... So people would have some nostalgia already for the earlier games in the series. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of like, it was essentially just a complete um, continuation of Warcraft 3, but then they like expanded the world so you could finally explore it. Um, so it was like an actual sequel, like it continued the storyline and all that? I believe to a certain extent, like all the characters who had basically been around at the end of Warcraft 3, uh, Frozen Throne, which is the expansion pack from Man of Chaos, uh, we're still in World of Warcraft. Um, so I didn't develop too much into the story, but they kind of like added, I mean, it has a, like a bunch of expansion packs. I think they're still releasing them. But, um, yeah. They are, but it's, uh, it's a lot less popular now because of, well, because of all the, the controversy this year with Activision Blizzard. What are you talking about? And that's actually why Final Fantasy fourteen has gotten really popular right now. Ah, I see. Yeah, everyone moved away from uh, World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, which I think came out in 2013 or 2014, had its highest uh, player base ever after everyone moved away from World of Warcraft. What caused this move? Well, (laughs) sexual harassment. Oh. Oh, man. Yeah. The... before we get into that, the um, there was a movie a few years ago in 2016, Warcraft, by Duncan Jones, who is uh, David Bowie's son, and he directed a few other movies. But there's a, a Warcraft movie by Duncan Jones that bombed, and I've never seen it. Did you? Um, I didn't see it either. Uh, <laughs> I... I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't find video game movies very, like, enticing just because they continuously let me down. Um, and from what I heard, this one was also just bad. <laughs> yeah, it got terrible reviews, but I was excited because I thought it would finally be a way for me to, to you know, get the stories from this franchise without having to play this franchise because I really didn't want to. <laughs> Um, the only game within this franchise I've played is Hearthstone. Oh, the card game. The Gwent card game. Yes. Yeah. I I found the card game very addicting. Um, but I stopped playing it, actually, because of, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, <laughs> this country called Taiwan. No, it was Hong Kong, actually. It was the Hong Kong protests a couple of years ago. And Blizzard took away the prize money for this, uh, the winner of this uh, Hearthstone competition because he expressed support for Hong Kong over China. And then they took away his prize money because they were pandering to China. And that was, I think, the first time I realized this company probably doesn't have any morals. And I wanted to stop supporting them. So I stopped playing Hearthstone. It's probably a good decision. I mean, if we were to look at it, and I, I know you said you want to tell people, if they just basically if you want to take a roadmap on how to take a multi-billion dollar company, this is basically it. Um, yeah, Jesus. Um, well, I mean, we're there now. So let's talk about the uh, the controversies from this year, which is, I think, the biggest 
Activision Blizzard related story, right? Well, I think we can maybe go down the entire, just for memory, what had essentially happened. Um, I mean, I remember the WoW community. Right. Oh, go on. No, no, I have I have an article from PC Gamer in front of me that has a complete timeline from Wednesday, July twenty eighth, till a couple of days ago. So, wait, July twenty eighth, what year? This year. Oh, oh, I was probably going to cite even before that. So, I feel like you know there had been a lot of animosity growing towards Blizzard, and then given the recent events, it was finally for some people. Know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, do you remember that Blizzard release when they were, um, it became a meme when they released uh, Diablo. Everyone's been waiting for the new installment of Diablo. They released a mobile phone game. And everyone was... Uh, they didn't even release it. They announced oh, it. Oh, I see. They, they announced it. At their, they have an annual convention called BlizzCon, and they uh, announced this Diablo mobile game at, at BlizzCon a couple years ago. And people were like, oh, what? A mobile game? And they so they got booed, I think. And then the guy on stage, what did he say? He goes, "What? You guys don't have phones or something like that?" Something really condescending to the people who wanted to buy his games. So, yeah, that was stupid of them. And then, yeah, like you said, the kind of growing um, support that Blizzard had for like China and essentially like suppressing any free speech in that regard, especially with all the video game players who were you know, playing these Blizzard games and still speaking out against China, uh, given the Hong Kong situation. Um, and then bringing us to essentially what I guess is, was, I guess, the dealing by Fatal Blow uh, when they got caught, uh, or at least some, some I don't know which employee it was, but some of the employees were caught uh, accused of sexual harassment. Yeah, here's here's what it was. So, <clears throat> July 20th, California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing files a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard alleging discrimination and sexual harassment against women in the workplace. The lawsuit mentions cube crawls in which drunk male employees subjected women to unwanted advances. Um, also, specifically calls out the actions of former World of Warcraft senior creative director Alex Afrasiabi who was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions. And then lots of other uh, things along those lines. And then these stories come out about uh, what was called a Cosby suite. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, Jesus. It was in 2013. Yeah. It's a bunch of employees posing with a portrait of Bill Cosby at BlizzCon in 2013. When did Bill Cosby? When did all? When did that all uh, became publicly known? That, that was before 2013, right? Yeah, I, I think so. What a Ridiculous 
Wait, I'm not sure. Timeline wise, I'm not sure if all his uh, all the Cosby um, stuff had come to light yet. But he's convicted in 2018. Was... Yeah, the photo the photo is them all posing with a portrait of Bill Cosby in the room. And that was in 2013. Yeah. The allegations against Bill Cosby though had gone back to like 2002. Okay, February 2014 is when there was a long gap in the timeline from 2006 to 2014. So 2014 is when all the Cosby allegations started coming to the fore again. So this BlizzCon thing was the year before that. But there were already, you know, a bunch of allegations against Bill Cosby at the time. So it's not a great look that they had a, a giant portrait of him in this room that they yeah. then acted skeezy in. So there's that. And then oh my this is this article goes on and on. But it's a lot of sexual misconduct allegations. And then the president of Blizzard left on August 3rd. The head of HR left. They lost sponsors for their Overwatch League and their Call of Duty website. I'm sorry, Call of Duty uh, leagues. Employees are quitting en masse. So really, it's not not looking great for them. And then all these active, uh, you know, lawsuits by the state of California as well. So, is that why you went to Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen? No, I never. So I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen this this year because I heard it was a good game, and I had some some free some downtime that I wanted to you know turn my brain off for. But I think actually it was because uh, Final Fantasy XIV came back in the news as being like, oh, every, it has like a huge player base now. It's a good time to jump in. And that was because of the sexual assault allegations at Blizzard. Does this retroactively make you like their franchise this less? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> That's... You know, I mean, I feel like in video games, I mean, I don't know, I mean, just kind of like every step of the way, um, they've done things that I guess uh, I don't necessarily believe in, um, but I mean, sexual harassment and sexual, sexual misconduct, I guess in any situation, it's never, should never be tolerated, so I'm just glad that public is turning to the back against Blizzard considering how Blizzard's reacted and active for years. So that's Warcraft, Starcraft. I never played Diablo, did you? I I don't try Diablo. I don't know. I, like, I've never like played it for a, for a long period of time. Um, I would say the only game that I've played in the past was Warcraft 3. But uh, I haven't picked up a Blizzard game in a while. And I'm 
but you picked up everyone picks up the, uh, a few Activision Blizzard games every once in a while. They're just like too big to not. What? They do, yeah. Okay, so franchise-wise, Activision Blizzard has, we've already talked about Warcraft, uh, Starcraft, a little bit Diablo, which we honestly, I don't think either of us have much to say about. They have Guitar Hero, which was really big back in the day, but not so much now. They have Crash Bandicoot, which, I mean, I played a lot as a kid, um, and I think they released a new one recently that was supposed to be pretty good. They have Tony Hawk's series. Oh, sorry. Activision owes Crash Bandicoot. Mm hmm. I did not know that. I think it's because uh, Vivendi. Yeah, because Vivendi was the original uh, people who made that. And so then Activision and Vivendi merged, and Vivendi was the parent company of Blizzard. I see. So they, they also own Candy Crush. Um, and they own Overwatch, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Spyro, and Skylanders. Did you ever play Overwatch? Um, I tried it. Did not like it. I felt like it was more of like a Counter Strike meets. I honestly, I just don't like those type of games, like first person shooter, Counter Strike esque. Games. Is that is that not like a battle royale type game? Mm, I would say it's a little bit different than traditional battle royales because you're in a very very confined environment, um, and I think the third it's just like to rack up so many like points on each side of the team. Whereas like battle royale is more like a survivalist, Hunger Games type scenario. It's a MOBA. That's the term I was looking for. Multiplayer what? online battle arena. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I, I guess, I've always thought of MOBAs as like Dota and like Pokemon Unite. But, um, but no, I never like picked it up. I, I the genre, I'm just looking at their Wikipedia page, the genre got big again in 2014 when Overwatch and Battleborn came out. And then Team Fortress 2 had come out in 2007, and that was like the framework for the genre. Yeah, you know, I never got into Team Fortress. But I think. Is that like Valve and Half Life? Is that different? Uh, I mean, it's Valve, but it's not, it's not Half Life. It's just like a. Uh, I don't know, it's just the MOBA version of, of a Valve game. But yeah, Overwatch is very, very popular still, I think. And they have an Overwatch 2 coming out at some point. Really? Mm hmm. And all else but is coming out. That's Halo. What? Halo Infinite. <laughs> which, is, out. which is related. So, so the next bits of things to talk about, I think, are related to, to Halo. And related to a game that Activision published for a time. But I think the most popular Activision Blizzard series is, I would say, it's Call of Duty. Uh, what is Call of Duty? I've never heard of this. It's gaming. 
I, I've, I'm looking through the page and I cannot believe how many Call of Duty games there are. I'm going to take a wild guess and say 12. <clears throat> Honestly, I, haven't, I, I, I can't even, I haven't even counted it, but let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19 games so far. Whoo! Dang! I mean... And then, and then Call of Duty Vanguard is coming out in uh, this year. Is it, is it already out? Um, I don't believe so. I know that... I mean, I feel like Call of Duty games, they're new in some, and so they get released like, right before Christmas, or usually in the fall, so I think it's going to be a couple of Vanguard comes out, but um, I, mean, I know they've announced it. I believe Vanguard is supposed to be like a World War II type game. Um, There's been a Call of Duty game every year since 2003, except for 2004. So they basically want the Assassin's Creed. That's insane. I think it's because they have. They did, but even Assassin's Creed has slowed down now. Yeah, they have a few. They have a few development teams that they cycle through. They have Infinity Ward, Treyarch, Sledgehammer, and I think that's it. But yeah, they all do like three-year development cycles and then publish. I don't think I ever played the original three Call of Duties. So like Call of Duty in 2003, 2005, or 2006. I think the first one I played was Modern Warfare in 2007. Oh man, um, I, mean, I remember playing those. Um, I believe the first Call of Duty game I played, I, I feel like, I'm just guessing, I feel like it was like World War II type. I remember like Medal of Honor was a game like that back then. I think Call of Duty was just starting out. Um, then yeah, I remember like that hit game, Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2. Kind of even like introduced me to online game because I played PS3 add like an all a free online component but uh yeah i mean they they've been releasing on like hotcakes i don't think they've ever really been like essentially just multiplayer games like, single player campaign components always very mediocre to like really why did you why do this i don't know i only ever played the single player uh stuff for the ones that i did play I Maybe that's why I stopped playing them because they were a little bit boring. I mean, the campaigns themselves, like if you're just playing the campaign, I think for Call of Duty games, you're gonna have a bad time because it's very bare bones. I did. Um, well, you gotta get on the online component. Of that. <laughs> no, but you you play an online version of it right now, right? It's like it was a separate mode from one of the recent ones. I mean, they have a Battle Royale one type called Warzone. Um, yeah, that's the one. But I played it a little bit. Um, I don't play it anymore. It got really boring. Um, essentially, Activision kept telling us that they were going to change the maps. There's a huge number of cheaters on the game, too. You have like, things called, like, I don't know what kind of hacks they are, but they can basically see everyone on the map. They have like no mishacks. 
And it got so bad that in the updates, uh, I believe Call of Duty had to say, hey, we're releasing an anti-cheat. Which, you know, it's kind of absurd that you have to actually announce that to your gaming community. No, they do that for all these uh, sorts of games. Anti-cheat. Well, either way, I mean, it was that bad to the point where it just kind of became unplayable. Um, So are you not going to get the new one, Vanguard? No, I mean, I, I don't even think, no, definitely not. I got Call of Duty, I believe, because COVID had just started, and my friends and I wanted just a game to play with each other, um, and it was also half off, so. They, Activision did not have their logo uh, on the reveal trailer for Call of Duty Vanguard because of all these allegations. And the lawsuits. Probably, it's probably a good, uh, good decision. But do you do you think that the average consumer will avoid the Call of Duty games because of everything going on here? I I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I guess if we're gonna go a little deeper with this. I think Call of Duty in itself definitely tries to market itself to a certain. I believe, I don't know if this is true, but I also believe like they get some funding for the American military and they make these games essentially to kind of uh, market to the young generation. I think it's like the American military is a lot more attractive of an option. Um, I definitely have you know, experienced, I mean, this is getting back all the way to the Xbox lobbies and PS3 lobbies, um, like racism, constant racism. You hear like these teenage kids saying inappropriate slurs. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I don't believe it's going to make a difference. Um, I guess at least in maybe 12 to 14 year old kids. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the military directly like sponsors development of this, but they there is a partnership between the USAA and uh, Call of Duty, where they like they sponsor some of the tournaments, and then uh, vet- veterans get some perks. And they actually, in a in you know a plus for Activision Blizzard, they have a Call of Duty endowment, which is a charity that supports veterans seeking employment after they leave service. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not like directly military linked. Yeah, but I think uh, there is a relationship. You're right. So here's the real question for you, particularly. There's a small developer, the small indie developer. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called Bungie. They, they released this uh, <laughs> they released this indie game a couple years ago. Uh, it never really took off, but it's called Hollow or something like that. Oh. And there were a few there were a few sequels, Hollow 2, Hollow 3, Hollow 4, Hollow 3 ODST. Oh, I've, I've been told by my producer I'm mispronouncing it. It's Halo, 
like Halo live stream. Live stream. Yes, exactly. They probably named it after that. I mean, they're delicious. Uh, did you? And now, now did you ever play any of the Halos before Halo. this? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you Halo play the Halos ever before this? Halo um. So I okay. So I did. So for for the listener, Chris has just gotten a a PC for the first time. So he's uh he's starting to play Halo. My first memory of Halo ever was back in eighth grade. Uh, it was a pool party at my friend's place. While everyone was having fun swimming in the pool, I was hanging out with his older brother playing Halo for the first time. And I still stand by that I made the best decision because it was the first multiplayer open, sorry, first multiplayer campaign couch co-op. Sorry, that was just a big jumble merge that uh, I, I played um, for the first time in my life. And I thought that that was something that was super fascinating. Um, and then I played a little bit of Halo 2. My friend got an Xbox 360. We played a little bit of the online community, which has a very bad reputation because of the bad words. And then I met my college roommate who played Halo Reach. And we always firefighted after school. And I failed my classes because of this. <laughs> He sounds like a real cool dude. And, uh, I don't think his name was Niall or something. <laughs> Niall playing Hollow. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. So. so the reason I bring that up in this episode is because <clears throat> after the Halo series, Bungie, um, I think their last one was Halo Reach, and then they decided to move uh, onto a different franchise, the Destiny franchise. So they... Wait announced a, a partnership. A ten- <laughs> <laughs> they announced a partnership with Activision Blizzard in 2010, and it was a 10-year publishing agreement. So they were Blizzard. Activision Blizzard was going to publish any Bungie game for the next 10 years, and that is relevant because in 2014, Destiny releases, and it's an Activision published game. Therefore, qualifying it for inclusion in our episode. Oh, you got me. <laughs> you knew this all along. <laughs> oh. oh. The, the real reason I bring it up is not to talk about Destiny, which is, I, for, for my money, one of, the best, uh, one of the best gaming experiences one can have in this transient life that we have. But it's because everyone hated Activision. Uh, everyone blamed Activision for all of the unpopular decisions that happened in the early years of the Destiny franchise. And that includes like introductions of microtransactions, um, bare bones DLCs, things like that. The, the, development of, uh, the development of Destiny was actually very turbulent. They had like this whole storyline and... They, uh, they gutted it because executives either at Bungie or Activision didn't like the, the storyline and they thought it was bad. So they chopped it up and they released a product that was pretty crappy. And the story for the original Destiny is, is it's just non-existent. That's not the point of the game. It's, um, 
like there is a story there is a campaign you're, you're playing as like a, a zombie basically a reincar uh, a reanimated zombie by reanimated by uh this giant ball in the sky and then you're fighting against four or five evil alien races but there's really no uh no narrative on the scale of halo which is i think what a lot of people wanted so activision was blamed for the poor narrative focus of the first destiny and they were blamed for all the negative decisions that people felt bungie was being forced to make to maximize profit because activision wanted to hit certain profit goals so then in 2018 bungie actually asked to be released from this publishing agreement and because destiny wasn't bringing in the money that they wanted activision blizzard said fine so they actually severed their partnership in 2018 this was after destiny 2 had already come out but uh, the community was really really happy because they felt like okay they're not going to rush production of dlcs and stuff it's going to be like a completely different experience and to an extent that's worked out but um it's still, you know, some of the decisions ended up actually being just from Bungie and Activision got a lot of flack because of their terrible reputation. So what would you say in terms of gameplay is a better game? Halo or Destiny? Do you feel like there's a lot of elements that are very similar to each other given that they're from the same developer? Um, I would say that... Uh, and what? Oh, that's okay. And do you think, would you buy Destiny 3? Yes. One day I will. Halo is a very different experience because it was the, I think it was the original game that really popularized, I, I don't know if it's fair to say that it popularized the first person shooter genre because there were games before it that that did a lot of heavy lifting on that, like Quake and uh, Doom and things like that. But Halo uh, was very, very popular when it came out in 2003. And it put Bungie on the map and it put Xbox on the map. And so for that reason, I think Halo is, is a very foundational game in gaming history. But the reason I love it is because of the story and it's, this this grand cosmic space opera type of thing where there's humans and aliens and ancient races and alien plagues and things like that. It's very uh, lore heavy. And that's what I wanted out of Destiny. But it, it was, uh, like I said, the narrative just wasn't there when it came out. And they've been doing a lot of work since then and the narratives have gotten a lot better. But I don't know if it'll ever shake the reputation of not really having as strong a story. But there is a story in Destiny. It just takes a lot of work to find out what the story is. <laughs> I tried. I tried to explain it to. I tried to explain it to you one time, and I don't. I don't know if I succeeded. But you have to watch like six hours of videos on YouTube to get caught up. <laughs> it's very oh. in depth now. Because oh at this point in 2021. The franchise came out in 2014. That's seven years ago. There's been seven years of progressive stories. Okay, I will say this. 
Halo and Destiny deserve their own episode, like a, a direct comparison episode at some point. I think the Halo episode will I come think... out. I don't know if the Destiny episode. What? I said, we're doing our own episode of that Halo. For those, I, I just bought the Halo Master Chief Collection, which I plan to play through before it comes out. Destiny. Well, All right, listen. Yeah, story. <laughs> Destiny does have a story now. And I think February 2022 would be a great time to jump into Destiny. Because there's a big Destiny expansion coming out called The Witch Queen. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this, but it's uh, uh I guess it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. So you've played a, you've played like a little bit of Destiny, you know the the general premise and the general feel, like you're a space god that has superpowers, and you're also shooting a gun and stuff. Um, the premise of the Witch Queen is that the one of the enemy races harnesses the power of the Traveler, the big glowing ball of light that reanimates the Guardians, and uses it to make alien versions of the Guardians. So you have like yep. alien player characters that you're fighting. So that's the new enemy. So it's a very interesting narrative twist that they're going to have. And it's like the big expansion for the next uh, year or so. You're never going to play it, are you? <laughs> hey, I'll consider it again. <laughs> I mean, I just have Halo now. I have to play five Halo that's games. That's true. That's going to take me quite a while. And if Destiny's still there. Maybe. You know what's interesting? Our, I, I think the most animated we've been during this Activision Blizzard episode is when we're not talking about Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign that we should I, not buy their games anymore. <laughs> I mean, I don't plan to buy their games anymore. I, I think it's I can't think of a scenario. Yeah. I can't think of a scenario where I would start playing World of Warcraft at this point in my life. I can't think of a time that I would need to play Guitar Hero ever again. And I don't know. I think out of principle, I'm going to avoid Call of Duty. Because they're a terrible company. They are. Um. Thing of any good video that game being... off the top of my head, though. I mean, um, I okay, like I don't know if there are like good companies. I mean, they're just morally wrong. Yeah, it would require a significant shift in the culture of the company and in the leadership of the company for me to want to buy another Activision Blizzard game. Also, they should make better games. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, so to recap, Halo and, and Destiny are good. Activision Blizzard uh, is bad. Call of Duty, bad. Well, I think we did it. We single-handedly got people to stop playing Call of Duty, Chris. You're welcome. But, um, 
All right. If you had to, if you had to merge any two Activision Blizzard games to make the best Activision Blizzard game, what would it be? I guess it would essentially be Mass Effect. It would be first-person shooter aspect of, like, Call of Duty. And I guess if you're going to, like, give that one time period where Activision was, I guess, working with Destiny, that, like, first-person shooter game, a little bit of abilities, combined with the open-world MMORPG aspect of uh, World of Warcraft, that would probably be it. Chris, you're just describing Destiny. Destiny is a first-person shooter, first-person shooter MMORPG. Yeah, but there's no story in Destiny, and that's why it fails. <laughs> Get your story no, there right. Was no, there, there was no story in the original Destiny. They've taken seven years, and now there's a little bit of a story. I think what it is, is it just seems so like. The lore, like, like when you're on the Crucible or whatever, and you're in the main phase, and you leave to do these like little things, yeah. it's not intuitive either. Like, it's hard to just, like, for me, it, it's just it's hard to, like, jump to a planet to start a mission, and then after I finish that mission, I don't feel any more attached to my character or the other guys that I just shot. I don't... That's fair. Like, the way the looting system is done... And in general, like, yeah, when I'm doing the missions, I'm just like, oh, okay. But why? The, they've gotten a lot better about that. There's a lot more, why am I doing this now? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, actually, that part, All right, if I, with Halo Infinite, yeah. it's supposed to be like a traditional yeah. Halo installment where it's like a campaign and then online. Or are they supposed to have RPG elements in it? I, th- I think they're saying that Halo Infinite is going to be like the platform for the next many years of Halo games. Oh. So that there probably won't be a big Halo coming out for a while. It'll be like expansions and add-ons to Halo Infinite. Oh, I think more, more akin to how Destiny does it than how Halo did it in the past. I see. But it is a little bit, it is an open world. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's going to be interesting. I hope it's good. It's not. It's just a number, that's another CD Projekt Red situation. Too much hype. Um, the two games I would merge are Call of Duty and Guitar Hero. Because I think that would be hilarious. Like you're in a Call of Duty world, but then you have a guitar. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if it's just like if it's like a rock battle to defeat your enemies, you or the other version the where you're where you're at a yeah, where you're just like. Actually, I don't know what the other version would be. Was there an online component of Guitar Hero where you would get matched with a guy and then like basically battle him on the? Have a, a guitar hero situation like the South Park episode. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if that would have worked well back then. Sure. 
So I think that brings us to the end of our discussion on Activision Blizzard and briefly on Halo and Destiny. Snuck right in there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for the Halo and Destiny episodes. Bye. All right. I'm going to end the recording. No, I think so. We we can do the history of Activision Blizzard and some stuff about the uh, the current troubles that they're having. And then we can also talk about the games we, that they're known for. Wait, time out. Did we not do a Blizzard episode before? No, we never did. Okay, because I feel like on one episode, I feel like I was just like, we were trashing Blizzard. Or is that just us, like, talking? I think that was just us talking. Oh, man. All right. Well, I mean, now we're going to have it recorded. But, um... <laughs>